Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 15 of the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. We are coming to you live immediately after our services on Sunday morning, and uh, it's just a little bit different. So we thought, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit. We got some crazy Mondays going on this week, and so we thought we'd change the schedule a little bit. And because of it, um, we are looking at an empty chair where there's normally someone else sitting. You know what happened? Tanner went to Olive Garden. Whoops. We go down the hall after our second of our two services on a Sunday, <laughs> thinking, okay, we planned this. It's time to record the podcast. You, Brooke, you and I sit here and talk for like 20 minutes. Uh, seriously. Finally reach out to Tanner, who's in the middle of eating a ton of breadsticks and salad <laughs> down the street. <laughs> Stinking funny. Stinking That's good. Funny. So uh, my name is Brooke. I'm one of the pastors here. I also have Lauren with me, and uh, we don't have Tanner with us now. So, um, oh, wait, here he is. Right as we start recording. Nice. I love it. So Tanner, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, We're sir. so glad that no you're here. No breadsticks? Are you serious? You show up directly from Olive Garden. It's all in your belly. That is like the I thought you were doing keto. Like what? cool. How do you eat it? Oh, there's nothing keto at all. I know. Cars. I was like, that's like, you can't walk in the door, then it's like extra cars. No, Shame. we're already going, dude. It's okay. You can, you can jump right in. I'm actually really jealous. That sounds he so feels, good. He's really, he's really mad at me that I already started recording, but we're not going back now. Not so. going back. Can't go back. Tanner, Tanner how, how you doing, doing buddy? <laughs> I'm here. There, there he is. He's here. We're glad you're here. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We'll just... Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm hey, not so gonna, week I'm 15? Like, 15, for real? Like, 15. that sounds... I mean, it's nothing like, you know, episode 242 or something. Right, sure. But 15 I sounds know. legit. Like, have we just kicked it up a whole nother level of... Not really. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know where that level is. I don't either. Maybe. Maybe. I'm really... But, hey, but yeah, for real. 15, I, 15 episodes is... I haven't that's said a lot of time it in, in at least two, three, four weeks. Uh, I'm really enjoying this, in all honesty. I'm enjoying hanging out with you guys and the, the guests we've had on here to this point. I'm right. excited about a couple of names we're tossing around about getting on here soon. Uh, it's been fun. And I've, I've enjoyed getting some feedback from, from different friends, different colonial folks about their enjoyment of it too. So enjoying it. Week 15. Tanner's still adjusting. Hey, Tanner. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not used to <laughs> the mode that I'm Just in currently. Jumping in cold. We really thought maybe it'd be like 10 or 15 minutes before you got here, so we just decided to dive in. No, that's fine. Really, I just wanted to start and have you walk in in the middle of it. I thought that was fine. I know, I know. Uh, okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Um, I I frequently get some random stories when I flip through Facebook because I have some of like the community groups or whatever that I'm in, and, uh, and so those are always fun. And uh, so... There was a post that I saw that was like, oh my gosh, I just saw a UFO. And it was from somebody in Wichita Falls. And I was like, really? Like, you know, okay, come on now. So 
I just ignore it, whatever. And every night I've been taking our dog for a walk. Like we, I've got this like two mile path that we take, and that little tiny dog. Yeah, like, little bitty guy. Does walks. He he struggles. He, actually, it's really funny because it like takes him like a mile to get into it, and he, like I'm dragging him along, and then the next like the last mile he's like leading the way, and I'm mm. like, bro, calm down a little bit. So anyway, I'm out there, and I look up in the sky, and I was like, what? I don't. I don't know what that is. Like, it's not just like a dot that's moving or, or like a, you know, spaceship or saucer or something crazy, but it's the string of lights. Have you seen it? I saw it. Yes, the string of lights that's like slowly going across the sky, appearing like it's in orbit or something uh-huh. like this. Did you look it up? I did not look it up. Okay, so I did. I did was that, like, did that not trouble you, Tanner? You saw it and you're like, eh. I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I don't like, know what to make of it. You had a little too much lemonade. You I'm weren't worried my, about it. I'm gonna let my kids. I'm gonna let my kids just go inside. <laughs> We're gonna shut the door and pretend like that never that happened. Didn't happen. I don't know. So what, what is, that it? is So it turns out that it is a uh, it it's a string of satellites that are all like connected, not not connected together, but like linked together. If you yeah right, and that that SpaceX right, who's been sending out Elon Musk right, mm-hmm. Tesla all that, they've been sending out all of these uh, satellites that get linked up in, o- in orbit because they're trying to provide uh, internet, like satellite internet, to the entire world. And so they have like, they have like 1,500 satellites already in orbit, and they're at, like, they're at lower level than the rest of than the, the normal satellites, you know, than all of our like spy satellites. And therefore and, more visible? I, I guess so. And but therefore like, you like, can see like the they, lights across the sky. Yeah. yeah, right. So they launch to like this certain level, and then they slowly like get higher and higher and higher. And they've like I was reading about like how all the all the astronomers are like um, they're mad. They don't like it because they can't like do they can't like look at the sky and and keep going with their with their their telescopes and all this stuff because it's like they're they're too shiny and they're just like getting in the way. I just thought it was it was interesting because I saw that and I was like okay whatever it's a it's a UFO okay mm-hmm. and and then I went out there and I was like. Well, I I can't understand what that is right now. So the whole rest of the way, it was like a mile. Like I had, it was like sick, literally in the middle of my mile, like or my two miles. It was like the whole rest of the way, I'm like holding on to the dog with one hand and trying to Google what's going on with my right (laughs) hand. Just wait, and it's nighttime, so I'm like waiting for somebody to like pull out or walk into somebody because I'm totally not paying attention anymore because I was reading about the UFO that is. Lighting the night sky. That's nuts. It was weird. It was it was like really cool to see, but yeah. also like frightening. <laughs> I just looked up Elon Musk because I was totally curious. Do you know what his net worth is? It's a lot. What would you guess? Um, I mean, forty-seven billion. Yeah, he is in, forty-seven in the, billion. We have easily guess. easily in the billions. Uh, I don't I don't even know what's like logical for that kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know what's logical. A hundred and sixty-seven billion dollars. That's a lot. Good grief, that's, man! That's that's not even real. Like, like I don't, I don't think that I kind of money exists. <laughs> well, it explains why he's sending fifteen hundred satellites to this. right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's cool. Like SpaceX is like using these rockets that like go up and then they come back down and land, and so they're reusable, which is insane. Interesting. I don't know. So anyway, I just I saw that and uh, and thought that was crazy. But uh, Lauren, you had a. A pretty um, outstanding week, and I thought before we move on, let him celebrate. We'll give you a victory lap. This is the first podcast recording since the national championship game on Monday night. So thank you for graciously allowing me to. I don't get to do this next week. I don't get to do this like no. I don't tomorrow at work. No. I I remember coming to work on Tuesday. I had a Baylor shirt on, 
but it wasn't green for some reason. And uh, Jordan, get, Pastor Jordan, gave me one of the hardest times. He's like, "Man, I expect you to come in dressed like a leprechaun." Today. Like all greened <laughs> out, man. And, and I well, was but, told, but that's, but that's like that's Jordan who likes to, you know, he's he in, dresses in full maroon all the time, right? Right. But it is very much like, yeah, my my converse are they say Mississippi State on the yes. side of them, you know? Right. It's, yeah, my yeah, hat yeah. says well, Mississippi see, State. Here's the my... difference, though. Mississippi State sucks. Whoa. <laughs> so like in all things sports, like but I know do, it, but somewhere in there, baseball I think is good. But Maybe. otherwise, I mean, Baylor's. Ba- do you know Baylor is ranked in the top twenty sports? Fourteen out of seventeen sports they have right now. Top, wow, top twenty. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, but in all seriousness, it was such a fun week. I've never been where I am. I don't know how to act. I don't know what I'm supposed to say or do. <laughs> uh, I know you OU fans. This is you know every once in a while you every few years you win something. Baylor doesn't do this, and so I am just. I can I be this real? I have rewatched. Nice. All of the four last basketball games Baylor played already in the okay. last week. And I've rewatched the national championship a total of three times. Okay, so so the national oh championship goodness. was... I'm just I'm in la-la land, man. It's I'm like just, a movie that is so loves. fun. It's so fun. <laughs> I, can't, I can't lie. I've done the same thing. So uh, I've totally done the same thing. So which which of those of those NCAA tournament games was the best? Because I assume it can't be the the last one where they were wire-to-wire. Which game was the best as in as in back and forth, kind of? Well, I don't know. That's or a, you mean I, most see, fun? That's open to interpretation. I guess that is well, open for, to interpretation. That's the thing. So so it's halfway through the Final Four game against Baylor against Houston, and I've got my friends from Denver, one of my one of my good friends, who's texting me saying, this is the worst game ever. Sends me a gif of, of Charles Barkley, terrible, you know? <laughs> and I'm texting back going, you are texting the wrong person. This is the greatest thing, because we were destroying Houston, you know? Yeah. So it, it definitely depends on perspective. Sure. The cool thing for me is the championship game and the semifinal game from the beginning to the end. We absolutely dominated. It was so fun. Right. So to, to fans of, of good games, wasn't that fun? Um, it's I, not it's not the like the NCAA buzzer beater. No, you know that like like Gonzaga we had to get there. We didn't like, they have that one buzzer, of those. We, you know. we crushed everybody. We we won every game by double digits. We're the first team. Um, we're the excuse me. I think the third team in the last several decades to win both the semifinals and the finals by 15 points or more. That's impressive. I know. It's dominant. We don't we don't really have to talk about this. I'm pro- I'm guessing <laughs> that two of our seven listeners give a rip. Yeah, that's right. About Baylor sports. I just I just wanted to give you no, they, none none of them care about none, Baylor sports. None of them, just I just me. wanted to just give me. you the opportunity My to My wife's out there somewhere. To gloat. Sickum Bears carry. Sickum Bears. Is she is she a, is she a Baylor fan? She's a huge Baylor fan. Okay, I'm just checking. I don't yes. know. I, that's not my world. I live in a no, different she's world a huge where ba- no, we she argue. watched the games with me. Okay, refused to go to sleep. <laughs> the the morning person, not night owl person that she is, she still stayed up and watched the games. With wow, me. fun carry came. We out, got huh? engaged on a Friday night. Saturday we went to the Baylor game when I was in college. That's, that's just, good. Yeah, that's good. That's better planning. Yes, that's really good. We got crushed <laughs> by CU. <It> <laughs> Tanner, did you watch any of the games? Is a basketball event. He's shaking his head. Big round no. leather thing. You dribble it. Thanks. Yeah. I played basketball. Relatively orange, brown. High school. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't watch any of them. So no, that's cool. You know. Okay, so you guys both talked about something this morning before we started. Uh, Lauren, you posted something. It was totally Actually, shifting gears. Actually, let me start. Let me start. I know where you're going. No, okay. I want to tell you a story. Uh-oh. So. Um, I don't know if you've heard this or not. So There's this, one time when guy, Baylor went to the NCAA championship. That's right. That's why he's going to keep. He's just going to take this opportunity so to keep cool. talking about Baylor. <laughs> Are we talking about that again? That was awesome. <laughs> uh, no. So, a guy wakes up on a Sunday morning 
and he tells his wife, I don't want to go to church today. Mm. And she says, come on, honey, let's, it's Sunday. We got to go to church. And he's like, no, I don't want to go to church. He's like, why not? Why don't you want to go to church? And he says, cause I, first of all, I don't really like those people. Um, and secondly, I don't even know if I believe this stuff and I just, I just don't want to go to church today. And she said, well, honey, you have to go to church today. You're the pastor. <laughs> I love that stupid joke. But it's funny. It's, it is why I posted, posted what I posted this morning. Yes. Was that this morning that you posted that? It was early this morning. Yeah. Far yeah. too early. Um, it was really early. <laughs> I get up. Or, I'm not usually a morning person, but I can't sleep on Saturday. But night, on Saturdays. So, yeah. Or on Sundays, I guess. No, I'll jump in and be yeah. real. I... I just had a really hard day yesterday mm. as a dad, and um, which of course made me far from a decent husband in the moment. The way I was handling being a, having a rough dad experience. Uh, my other girls that were not the focal point in the moment didn't do well. It's just a hard day for the family, and I just I spent a lot of time yesterday being discouraged and frustrated and. Um, talking to God off and on and still feeling discouraged and then thinking, Oh man, I got to go to church tomorrow right. and put my game face on mm. and you have to be on, be on. Yes. Yeah. And tell everybody how wonderful everything is and stand up on a stage and speak to the goodness of God and the hope we have in him and the difference he makes, you know, and just there were multiple moments, if I can be this real, where I just I decided in my head, man, it would be so nice just to sleep in and call in sick, make make Pastor Jordan jump up there with no prep, and <laughs> um, but of course I didn't seriously want to do that. I I want to be I want to be with my people. I want to be with my friends, my family. Um, I want to be right where. I can hear God speak truth when I need it. Uh, and I want to be myself. That's also why I posted it. I just posted something to the effect of it's been a hard couple of days, but I'm eager to be at church with all of you people. And I, I got to say this, just overwhelmed with response, um, both on the Facebook post. If you guys want to look it up, you can. But lots of comments from people from Wichita Falls, from Colonial, not from Colonial, from Houston, from Denver, different places I've lived old college relationships. One guy from high school reached out to me like unbelievable. <laughs> that was in the 1980s, you know? Nice. Um, and then I'm getting text messages from people. Hey, I saw your Facebook post, man, I'm here for you. Hey, I saw your Facebook post I'm praying for you. There's people sending me scripture quotes. Um, had a guy offer his lake house and boat today. Take your family, get away. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Just because I'm honest and, and real about what God's mm. teaching me, what's hard, which makes me just go, how can you not be a part of a church? Like, this is the beauty of doing things together, like mm -hmm. struggling in your doubts, your frustrations together. And I could have just stayed, I could have just called in sick, told nobody what's going on, faked it, mm -hmm. you know? But the interesting thing is it's also so uh, anti the social media world that we live in too, you know, it's like, we're not posting our struggles, we're posting our highlights. And it's like, hey, check out the food I ate and what the, you know, what place I just went to and where we traveled and this new thing that I got. And 
And then those rare ones, it's like, oh, yeah. right. It's a window into actual life, like not just Instagram life. Which isn't glamorous. I mean, real like life. to follow. Yeah, real life is not real life is not glamorous at all. Like, well, can I go ahead and interrupt and then let you share? Because do it. I felt that way coming in this morning. And then Tanner walks in and we sit down because we meet early every Sunday morning to walk through just the flow of our services and, and connect. And um, before I can say a word or bring anything up, you because we're good friends yeah. and you can be yourself, you unload about how hard a time <laughs> you're having yeah. and uh, how you and, and Shelby are stepping on each other's last nerve, mm-hmm. you know, this morning and... Um, and I'm just inside. Inside, I'm grinning. Like outside, I was very empathetic. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry to hear that. Inside, I'm like, oh, you too. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to leave the church today. All uh-huh. right. Yep. And yet, it was a good conversation. And so. That's what we got. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we just we're in, uh, we're in this season of like six month old and um exhausted and three kids and and we're at that point in our new kids' life, you know that we we hit this point with all of our babies but just this point where like Shelby and I know we love each other but every now and then we look at each other and go do we <laughs> you know like we're just we're both needing we're both needing um a pause you know a break um some rest not just physically but like mentally just some rest because um, we're in this like just pervasive kind of um, go 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 go. Everything's demanding, high demand, um, and so we're both wanting this rest. Therefore, neither one of us actually get it. Yeah. So we're trying to make sacrifices as much as we can. Like for instance, um, you know, Shelby got to go hang out with some some really good friends last night for a couple of hours, and she needed it like totally. But for that to happen. Dad stays home and dad gets all the kids ready for, for bed. And a six month old at some point decides you're not mom and I don't want you. Um, (laughs) and there's nothing I can do about that, but it's, it's, you know, but you fight through that stuff because she's a hardworking mom and she needs, she needs her time uh, or else she's not going to be the, she's not going to be the best that she could be in any situation. Mom, spouse, worship leader, all of it. So we're both trying to fight, for space and trying to sacrifice where we can to give each other the space that's needed. But mm. it's, it just feels near impossible. Um, and the babies, you know, there are, there's a couple of things that we can do as a family that brings all of us rest. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're just realizing like we need time together um, without a kid tugging at the hip. And right. I'm going to sound like the old fart here in the moment. <laughs> Um, I guess I am in the in moment. A, yeah, I'm like I don't. In you here. don't. Hey, I'm hey, not sure you have to give I that disclaimer. Every I'm not sure you have to give that disclaimer. All the moments. So I'm going to be the old guy that I am. <laughs> yeah. And say that uh, this is for you guys and for all the younger couples out there listening. If you're not prioritizing a date night consistently, mm. um, it's just too hard. It's too hard. You turn into roommates. You turn into that that child-centered home that is not what the Lord wants for you. Right. I love my kids. I would take a bullet for my kids, and I need to be spending more time with my wife. Um, she was here before they came. She's going to be there after they leave. She's my best friend. 
and um, oh, especially I mean, all of us have a lot of kids. There's sure, four kids, four kids, and three kids, and there's just not enough time. I'm hopeful that I will know? not get to four kids status, but it's I'm you hopeful know, that you're we'll gonna, see one day. <laughs> I think you're gonna have five. I'm just saying it right now. Shelby we have actually talked. We've talked about fostering and stuff like that. That's been Shelby. kind of in our five children. Oh no. <laughs> no, <laughs> but in all seriousness, with your, the age of your kids too, yours is the yeah, young, totally youngest among right. us. That's just totally get it, man. Like extra demanding, and you know, and you've said this, you've actually said that to us before, even like just um, there's been you've said there's seasons of your life, you're in Carrie's marriage and relationship where you've you've done that date night thing really well, and then there's seasons where you just haven't, and um, you've you've talked about just like noticing the difference. And oh, how you parent, day. how you how you just respond, and all that stuff. And I think, I think you know, all sincerity, um, Shelby and I are at that point where we really need to, we need to prioritize. That's just me being real. We need to prioritize us. Um, and it's so difficult for, you know, right for a mom. I mean, that baby, uh, our son's name's Emerson, and he he needs her. You know, it's hard to get a couple hours away. Um, and. Uh, but we're at that we're in that season where we've got to prioritize some of that. So that's kind of where I came in, leading worship and uh, just from this both of us leading worship in this place of um, it's it's weird the songs we were singing and the conversation mm-hmm. we're having is pushing through some of those things and reminding ourselves of some truth and it's funny how often that happens to work out that way where it's like oh these are actually the songs that I needed to sing today. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Like even the message, you know, there's a lot, a lot of it's like, yeah, that was, I think that was a gift for me today. <laughs> yeah. You know? Kind of go back to what you said, Lauren, in that, um, it was just really good to be with some people that care about us today, Ooh. you know, really good to be in this. It, and we can hang out with people outside of the church and all that stuff, but this is a different context, you know, like, um, we're all singing together and praising the Lord and receiving word, his word and all that stuff together. And it's just different. It sets a tone. So that's kind of where we're, where we're at. And I'm not gonna lie. Two services, dude, we are out of two service shape. Whew. I, I'm that's cracking right. up the last couple of weeks with you using that terminology. We are out of shape. We're <laughs> out, out of shape. two service shape, man. It's for real though. It is like that two service fatigue, man. Whew. Yeah. It's exciting. Like, uh, it's exciting on a lot of levels, and then there's just yeah. other ways that it's like, okay, I need to find that uh, two-service treadmill. Yeah, where's right. That, where's that button on here? Like, I need to get that in back in, ingrained and stuff. <laughs> but it's fun because we get uh, we get more time uh, with people we love and care about, and um, it's cool. The difference between like you know, we listen to the message in the first service, and then we get the in, in between space to talk about it, <laughs> and then we yeah. go listen to it again. You know. So it's kind of cool in that aspect, but mm. yeah, man, it's good. It's kind of where we're at today. I think I really enjoyed being with my church family today. It was really good. It's good to see some people I hadn't seen in a while as more people are coming back. Um, and I think just everything from worshiping and lots of side hugs. That's what we do at church. Lots of side hugs. Lots mm. of side hugs. Yeah, I had the uh, same experience as I sat in the studio by myself with the door closed, 
mixing sound with your feel. I with feel like that's feel. life-giving for my you, though. Like, <laughs> let's be real. That is life-giving to, to Brooke James. Man, Brooke's like, I is am. everybody gone? Is everybody gone? Can I come out now? Can I come out now? I'm going to open the door I now. I the mindset that nothing <laughs> should happen prior to 10 a.m., so <laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm still working on waking Ironically, up. Tanner and I are the same way. Yeah. <laughs> the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so we are in uh, Death to Life series that we started last week, Easter time. I don't think we talked about it very much. Uh, on the on the podcast last week, but what what are we going for here? What's going on with the series? Why did you want to go here for Easter and beyond? Usually, I feel like we usually have like an Easter, an Easter kind of thing, thing, yeah, and then we start something new the next week, right? Yeah, uh, I think just as Easter was coming closer, I just got excited about, of course, retelling the story of the of the resurrection of Jesus, the mm-hmm. crucifixion, the resurrection. Uh, but all at the same time, just realizing that we've come out, as we've talked about before here on the podcast, we've talked, we've come out of a season of lament. Um, at some, in some ways, we're still mired in the middle of it. We're, we've come out of a season of uh, fun being taken away, like like air out of a balloon, you know, and mm. people not connecting physically, you know, in the same space. People. Uh, struggling financially, people struggling with strong different opinions about masks and uh, politics and all that kind of stuff and conspiracies and vaccines. And and so I say all that to say, as as things seem to be getting slowly better, I, I, I hesitate to get ahead of ourselves. And knowing that Easter was coming when a, we didn't even have Easter services in person a year ago, that was really the beginning, like a milestone moment for us. I just got excited about entering into a season of celebration, and it just it got me fired up to think about, okay, we're not only going to talk about Jesus moving from death back to life and celebrate that, but we're going to talk about how that's who God is. That's what God does. God is in the business of bringing life out of death. Uh, that's my story. That's the story I know of you two guys. That's the story of everybody I do life with that that has tasted at the table of God's goodness is he he makes things all all new again. And so got a little excited a few weeks ago, but hey, let's ask some people, maybe just a diverse group of folks to share their stories, a, a two, four, six minute version of their story of how God's brought life uh, back to them. Uh, through Christ. And uh, so we shared a couple of those stories this morning, shared a story last week with Annalisa, Brody, and Sabrina today. We've got several more stories we're going to share over the next couple of weeks. Uh, And we're going to look at scripture a little bit uniquely in that what does it look like for God to be doing his thing in our lives, not just on a date 2,000 years ago in a specific place. What does that mean for us spiritually? What does it mean here now? Um, it's all we have to offer to the world. So it's been fun. It's been, it's been much more celebratory um, and hope giving, I think. Uh, and I think it even lays some more groundwork for us to try to be faithful to the mission he's got us on this year as a church. Um, one, one related thought, as I'll, I take a breath and keep talking, is <laughs> uh, we have really resolved ourselves to trying to build a storytelling culture here at Colonial. I think we are, you know, still have our heel on the starting line. I think we got a long way to go to do this well, but I just, I love even a handful of people just writing a one page 
story and sitting there reading it for a camera. Uh, it's low production effort, and yet it's it's so powerful to hear people share personally. And so I still don't know what it looks like six months or much less six years from now, but I'm so fired up about that shared um, desire that we have as a team to be a story storytelling church to promote storytelling amongst our people. Um, so that's part of even death to life. It's like, Ooh, that's all about narratives. That's all about firsthand experiences. That's not some kind of philosophy of life thing. Right. I think, you know, as I look at like, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the one that, um, films creates most of the videos, stuff like that for our church. And, um, as I look at the last, you know, we threw, we, we've shown three of the stories that we filmed and, kind of the idea behind it being I I think the hope that I would have as as people watch and see is looking at these and going I could do that you know I think sometimes we put so much production into certain things that it makes it seem like it's an unachievable goal unattainable thing I hope I would hope that people can see themselves going I can I can sit and read a paper. I can sit and read a page of, of my story and let them capture that and, um, and share that with people. You know, I think it's so important for us to tell our stories because, um, that's kind of the true miracle is, is how God is changing and and shaping us and taking our life and rewriting it for good. And that's the part that, um, truly, impacts our world um, and unites our city um, when you can see the person behind you know sort of the product a little bit you know um, when you can when you can kind of personalize um, these stories and bring um, a mortality to it a little bit um, you can start to relate and I think that's um, that's one of the things I'm loving about these these uh videos and just these stories coming out they're raw they're real they're unrehearsed you know and it's just people sharing what god's doing in their life and teaching them and ultimately that's the goal of a christian is to discern the heart and will of god that's our vocation as christ followers discern the will mm-hmm. and heart of god and share what he's doing that's the, that that is sharing the good news you know and um that's all we have as people to offer to. I like, I like, I really like your thought of, Hey, I can do that. Like your desire for all of our people. Hey, I can do that. And I like, it's not just, Oh, that's easy. I can write on a piece of paper. I can read it. It's also the aspect of, Oh, I don't have to have all the answers or I don't have to articulate this intellectually, or yeah. I don't have to have all my facts straight. I'm it's my story. Right. I, I can do, I can do that. Like, it, it's so simple, but I always go back to John nine. It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. Cause it's the blind guy born, born blind. Mm. And, um, Jesus comes along and heals him and he, he doesn't even know who Jesus is and they right. start grilling him. And the gist of the story is they're just saying, how did this happen? How does this happen? What's the deal? What's your story? And he's like, I don't know. I used to be blind and now I can see. Well, who is this Jesus guy? I don't know. You, you go talk to him. All I know is I used to be blind, and now I can see. <laughs> yeah. And he says it like three or four different times. <laughs> and 
that's his story. Yeah, man. And that sometimes that's that's all we have to offer. I all it, I know yeah. is my life used to be like this, and then God did some crazy stuff, and now my life is like this. Yeah, and that's all I got for you. And I can't even explain. I can't show you where in the Bible it says this, and I can't explain it really well, and I can't persuade you to think something. I'm just telling you my story. Yep, I can do that. Absolutely. Mm. I hope we come more, become more and more of a church that can do that. Yeah, I think it's too like as a as a worship leader, but really just as a as a brother, um, it excites me to to be reminded about why we do this. You mm. know about about the the community that we live in and the people we relate with, and what God can do because of that. Yes, it's not because of us. Not because we're amazing at any any given point it's it's solely because god uses community god uses the holy spirit to convict and god uses truth about scripture to to bring about change in a way that sometimes we just didn't see coming yeah um and i yeah i'm excited about what this can do um i'm excited about the hearts of people that are going to be touched by these stories and Mm. i count on it that already have just being able to watch these last three that we've shown and and maybe see a little bit of their story in it mm. as well um, and have a little more to to take to God and go help me through this, you know? So, you know, um, I would interject to, I have never written a book. I, I'm pretty sure I'll never write a book. I don't, I don't think I have anything original to say. Uh, and I definitely don't think books are going to be flying off the shelves because they got my name on it. <laughs> But for fun, as, as a communicator, as someone who does write short talks and, and things like that, I have thought in my own private moments, you know, what, would I, what would I write? Um, I think the, the one thing that comes back to me over the years, I've said this to Carrie privately over the years, if I had to write one book, I would write about the power of remembering. Uh, I'd try to be creative about it. I'd try to learn some things even physiologically about the power of remembering. But, but ultimately to me, that is what the church is for. That's what the community of is for. That's what the storytelling is all about is, can I just say this is true for me? I don't know if it's true for, for you guys or for anybody listening. I come to church on a random Sunday. I listen to teacher teach. I read something from the Bible. I read a book over and over again. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah, mm. I totally forgot. Th- I knew that, <laughs> and I forgot that. It, like the church is to me is not for me anyway. It's not about learning new things. I mean, maybe for a younger, newer to the faith person, that's totally what it's about. Right. For me, at fifty-one, who's been going to my to a church my whole life, who at least has been trying to follow Jesus faithfully since I was twenty—that's thirty-one years—I have more stuff that I already know that I forgot that I'm ever going to learn. Um, one of my favorite pastor friends in Denver, he even said, man, if we just did the things that we already know and we don't learn anything new, yeah. we're going to be busy the rest of our lives. Yeah. So that's that's where the power of these stories goes is to hear Brody and to hear Sabrina today is like, oh, I'm so glad I came to church. Oh, I'm so glad I am reminded in my own frustrations with my own Inadequacies, inadequacies or the fallen world around me that God is good. Look what God did. Oh, look what God did. Oh my goodness. God did that too. These people really believe this stuff. I'm in, you know, like it, it's just helpful. It's incredibly encouraging to me. Hmm. Um, in my weaker moments, my doubtful moments, my frustrated moments, 
I love the church. I love the way God encourages me and just reminds me he's there and he's good. Well, so you, you talked about a couple of different things um, that, uh, that, that stood out to me that I was thinking, like, this would be, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more from you. Um, really? That's refreshing. I know. It doesn't have very often. Usually I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> no, uh, so, so you were you were talking about, um, you've made it, I think you, I don't know if you actually made a joke out of it, but but you were talking about Jesus and how he is political, right? That he's not a Republican, he's not a Democrat, he's not a socialist or a capitalist, but um, in, in what ways do you see Jesus as a political thing, and how is that different than what we see as Are you political? trying to get everybody angry? I'm not trying is to get everybody angry. Is that what you're trying to do, rile no. everybody up? Uh, I, I do get—let me, let me back up a couple steps. I do get people's disdain for politics entering the church, if what they mean by that is— can we not talk about how we should all vote for this or we mm. should all vote for that or we should all vote against this person or we should all vote for that person? Can we not make this into, you know, let's deal with the government? No, let's talk about what the Scripture says. Let's talk about what it means to follow Jesus. Let's, I get that. If that's, if that's what it means by let's stay out of politics, then I'm all about that. The problem I have with, with any of us who say, hey, let's not talk about politics, let's talk about Jesus— Hey, let's not talk about politics. Let's talk about what the Bible says. Is politics at its at its heart is about social interaction. It's about people. It's about systems, and uh, it's about the way we interact with each other, care for each other, prioritize resources, uh, ultimately reflect the values we hold dear. Well, that's what the Bible's all about. It's all about. What do we value? Who do we value? So how do we use the resources we have been given? The scripture teaches us we are stewards of his creation. So even t- taking care of this planet, uh, the way we're supposed to love people as created in the image of God, uh, regardless of color of their skin, the way Jesus modeled uh, his love for the poor, his love for the, the outcast, um, the way he called us way out of our comfort zones to be to be givers. Uh, do I think that Jesus, you know, had any desire to change the emperor or change the Roman Empire? I don't. No, I I love those moments where they come up to him, go, hey, 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 well, let's mess with Jesus, let's trap him. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, do you think we should pay our taxes? What do you think? And they're just it's a it's a in their minds it's yeah. a lose lose. If he right. says no, then he's this rebel against right. the government. If he says yes, then he's you know all about the Romans and their mm. oppressors. And so Jesus, of course, is God in the flesh and perfectly wise and smart and says, uh, well, hold out a coin. Who's that on the coin? Oh, it's the emperor? Well, you should give it to him then. And you should give me what's mine. Mic drop. Yeah. Like... <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't say, I'm not going to talk about politics. He's like, let's talk about what matters, you know? So to me, things like, you know, I know we've talked uh, in different ways about poverty and about racism uh, as of late. Uh, we we want to look at the scriptures and be teachable. And we want to see what does Jesus have to say about the way we, we are a, a city on a hill, a light 
in the darkness? What does it mean for us to love like he loves? Um, what does it mean to see his kingdom come? I don't think the answer is in politics, you know, our political system, but I think it, if we're going to live in the world and not of the world, as Paul says, then we're going to, we're going to be political. I'm on a rant now that I will try to stop. <laughs> it's not what I was, I mean, I wasn't trying to like, my know, goodness, start something there. I was just, I was just you, curious with what, what, you believe know. you, I think you were trying to start something. That's right. I, was, I just like, I, to I, poke, I like to poke the bear. Well, so at what point do we take, at what point do we take that into actually the political realm of, of the United States that we live in? If we if we trying to keep it out, is there is there a way to balance the two? Oh, I think it's really easy. I think it's clean. <laughs> I think it's obvious. No, in all seriousness, I think it's I think the same question applies to okay. I'm going to teach second grade at the local elementary school. Uh, it's not a Christian school. It's a public school. What does it mean for me to love people like Jesus? To look for opportunities to share, even the good news that I know, the hope I have, the reason for the hope I have. What does it mean to honor God in the, the, how hard I work? The same question for that second grader at second grade teacher at elementary school is, is the same for us in our communities. Okay. What do we want for our kids? Oh, there's a school bond coming up. Uh, is that how I think the Lord wants us to use our resources? Hmm. Uh, oh, it's going to cause me to sacrifice. Well, okay. That's maybe not what I want, but is that still what I think God wants? Or maybe not, you know? I, so I think I don't have the answers for at the, at the extreme of what does it mean for, you know, Mayor Santiana, oh my God, goodness. Santiana. Santiana, thank you. Sorry, Stephen. Um, <laughs> like he's listening. Stephen's right. listening to every word <laughs> of our podcast. He's one of our first um, ones. I, I, I don't presume to know what it means to walk in the shoes of our mayor, of mm. our city council, much less a senator or the president uh, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't know that I need to worry about that. I need to worry about what does it mean to be a citizen here in my town and love my country and love Jesus even more and, and seek to bring the gospel and the worldview of a Jesus loving, trusting follower to that, to that experience. It's not, it's not clean and easy. Right. And there's going to be disagreements about it because we disagree on how to care for the poor. Right. We disagree on what education should look like. You know, you, we disagree on whether it's called a Coke or a pop or a soda. <laughs> like, no, we don't. It's a Coke. Okay. What kind of Coke you want? All oh, Dr. Pepper. Oh, Dr. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Yeah. I want to go Dr. Pepper. That's no, it's a good point. We disagree on I so mean, many things. Yeah. Just simple stuff even. So, yeah, it's definitely going to disagree on the bigger stuff. I will say this to bring back, we're 15 episodes in. One of the things we've tried to grab a hold of here at the E6 podcast, I know this rings true for you two guys, and it's my heart's desire, is at some small level, we want to, how do we, we want to wrestle with how do we disagree well? How do we be honest with each other? And especially in our faith journey, and be unsure and be okay with that or, or really strongly disagree about things. How do we disagree about, for example, politics, you know, the political realm, and yet we're brothers in Christ first and we're, we're friends first and all that other stuff is secondary, you know, even as much as we're passionate about it. And I don't, I don't know how well we've done that in the first 14, 15 episodes. And I would, I would probably say right now I can hear some people 
you know, saying, I don't know that they disagree that much. They've just been hanging out, having a good time. <laughs> um, but I will say this. Um, you know what I learned? Uh, another book plug, uh, Winsome Conviction. Uh, Win, I bar- Winsome, W-I-N-S-O-M. Yes. I barely started it, so it's a, it's another one of those books I started. And um, it I, I listened to this guy, and I can't even remember the author off the top of my head. I'll look okay. it up. But I can't remember the, the author's name, but he is fascinated by what it looks like to have civil discourse and to actually make a difference in the way people think. And it, none of the things we think work actually work, like talking them into it or debating really well. Uh, but one of the phenomenons he talked about that is so prominent in a church setting, and I know it's, it's, it's uh, true to my experience, is, and it explains why our churches are so tribal. It explains why we have such a hard time having diversity of thought in the same church. It's because if you're in a small group, for example, and there's 12, 15 people there, and one person says something that you disagree with or that you find troubling or you just don't see the same way from the scriptures and a bunch of people in the room affirm it and then somebody else goes, yeah, me too. And they say the same thing a different way. And then somebody else goes, yeah, me too. And they say the same thing a different way or the same way. You, 99 times out of 100, are just going to zip your lip mm. and go, this is not a safe place for me to say what I really think. You do that times 50,000, and you have a tribe of, it's called groupthink. It's just nobody, and so that person either shuts down and never shares what they say, or more likely over time, vanishes. It goes and finds another group where everybody agrees with them, or where it's a safer place. So one of my fascinating, fascinating to me, questions is, can we do that here at Colonial? Can we? Uh, we talked about it in, in our group last week. There's 11 of us in a room, and we're like, is it possible for two, three, four people in a row to agree with each other and then have the fourth or fifth person have the guts in the context of our friendship to go, I know this is really unsettling or unpopular right now, but I don't agree with any of you. Mm. <laughs> and we actually love them and hear them out and, and think about it. And I think I think obviously you got to be really good friends. You got to care about each other. You got to you have to have history with each other. You don't do that with strangers. So I may be idealistic here, but but I not only want that for our podcast and for us to even experience that and model a little bit for our listeners, but I want our church as a whole to to strive to have that kind of community. Um, and even just the last couple months, you know, of having people that disagree and leave over some things. Um, it, I'm not surprised. It just bums me out. It's tough. Well, as Jesus was getting political in in the message and what you talked about today from, uh, what was it, Luke 4? Twas. Twas right? Luke 4. Yeah. I was like, tw- I thought you said 12. I was like, I, twas. I didn't think it was. Okay. I try to use twas in a sentence. Twas. Well, that's the word of the day, apparently. Uh, yeah. The uh, so as uh, you 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 used um, what was his name Fred Craddock I think yes then used his quote and he was talking about the hostility and anger and violence mm. that 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 boiled over basically um, because of the tension that was basically that they had between the synagogue and its scriptures right yes. so yes. so the things that they were holding on to tightly but they needed to hear truth to rather than mm-hmm. what they were holding on to. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that how does that play out now 
Mm. Is that something that we normal like like we're we're experiencing often, or or maybe we should more often? Well, I guess to jump to this example from scripture, this may be a backwards way of looking at it, but this is where my brain went: is okay. What are we reacting to violently? Like, what if anything is getting us really riled up, or defensive about, or upset about, or passionate, even in a positive way, really passionate about? And then to take a step back and go, okay, why is that though? Is that because it matters and it's truth? And, or is it because that makes me so uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. That's what I've held on tightly to for so long. Um, so I think it's a, it's, it, it just begs some introspection maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think it begs some humility and teachability to be just to be open to maybe maybe I am holding on tightly to some something or some things that the Lord wants to free me from uh but all at the same time you know I'm thinking of our folks that just heard me read that quote for example today and and look at Luke 4 today it's fresh so for our listeners it comes out on a Monday you know as yesterday or 3 or 4 days ago uh it's probably the first, it's the baby steps of, of just thinking about it. Okay, man, what, what does get me really upset and why? Mm. Um, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> and I'm sure 90% of us immediately go, oh no, that's justified. Right. Oh no, no, no. That's, that's like legit. Not okay. That's why I'm mad. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes a while to really, okay. Okay. Let me think about this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's not really a that's not a question you should ask immediately. You can you shouldn't like I think if it, I mean if you're capable of, fine, but I think it needs to be a I've cooled down or I've, you know, whatever <laughs> and then ask the, myself the question about like okay, the response that I gave what is some of that stuff because that's when you can actually if we're responding to the immediacy of that you're right. still responding in the in the emotion in the emotion um the which passion. emotions are good but dude they're fleeting you know like they're not emotions are not a representation of what is true all the right. time right and we've got to be we've got to be careful about about that um but i do like i do like the take on what about that is got me riled up. What about that specifically? Uh, Where's that coming from? Are you asking me or are no, you I'm commenting? Just, I'm, just, I'm just, he's agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you and saying it in a different <laughs> way. Yeah. What, what about that's got me riled up and why is that got yeah. me so riled up? Where's that coming from? Like yeah. what, where is my reaction right. coming from? Right. I think cause yeah. Um, so because sometimes like to be real, like there's some things that even recently that I've been challenged with that requires me to, it requires me to change an action or change a response to something um, based on how I grew up, which in an, in effect hmm. is saying I grew up thinking wrongly about yeah. this specific thing, which is that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think you're, I think you're right on and just that. You you mentioned it might be a backwards way of thinking on some of those things, but I I don't think so. I think it's a. I think it's downright biblical, you know, to mm. go. Okay, 
my response to that may have been poorly or the conversation didn't go as well as I wanted it to. Cause it may not be even just like a heated argument or something. It could just be a, an outcome of something that just didn't go that the way or a miscommunication right. or something like that. Um, it didn't well, go the way I wanted it to. So, and even we even justify it a lot of times with, well, Jesus, you know, walked into the temple and started throwing tables and, you know, whipping people. And I'm and, so weary of that example, right? But because it I, happened once, it, it right, but it happened, like, but it happened like, one time. But it was, but it was he 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 walked in and he saw what was going on and then he left and he went and made a whip. And then he came back, so he had time. It wasn't just like a, oh my freak- gosh, I need to freak out. out. Right, no. it wasn't just a panic, oh my gosh, this is this is my reaction. But even then, I know this is like an incredibly reduced statement to that, but like I've had some people do that to me to like bring some of that up. I might have even said that at one time, you know, this righteous anger and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um but are you Jesus? Yeah, right. From a perfect <laughs> one, person, you know, righteous one, are you Jesus? And two, how often did he do that? Right. If there, if there are 50 things he did, where are the other right. times that he wrecked uh-huh. shop? Like, right. it's just, yeah. It's we, just know, not, we know that God wrecked shop can't sometimes. Be a, that can't be a mode of operation. Mm. Yeah. If that wasn't Jesus' mode of operation. No, it was not. So, yeah. He could have kicked tail and take names if he wanted to. Yeah. And part of us really wishes. <laughs> part of us wishes he, he did. did. Sometimes yeah. that would Absolutely. make it a lot easier. Will, you know, yeah. make it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the other things, you, as you were reading through it, I started thinking, and I got distracted for a minute while we were doing this. But you also came back to Isaiah sixty-one, which is what Jesus was was reading from the scroll he was reading from, right? So, and and this is just a, a side thing for me because I was curious. But why, in in the same translation? of the Bible, how come, how come the, the verse that, or, or the quote from Jesus from Luke 4 is not what, is not exactly what's in uh, Isaiah 61? Correct. It's fascinating. I, did, I didn't get into that today, um, and scholars disagree, but from what I have read, uh, for, some, for whatever reason, Jesus read part of Isaiah 61. And he even, if I'm, if my memory serves me right, he even referred a little bit to Isaiah 58, either 57 or 58. Um, but, but not only did he only read part of it, but he, he read like a select mm-hmm. part of it. And he stops like halfway through verse two. If you were just sticking with, with 61, one, yeah. two, yeah. he even stops halfway through that right. where really the whole like first, you know, I don't remember what it is, well, like and 10 I, verses. And then when I go back to Isaiah 61, I read verses 1 through 3. Like, why didn't I read verses 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? Like, right. I, I don't know. Um, I'm always fascinated. I, I don't know how troubling that is for people. It doesn't trouble me. Um, I don't know if Luke only wrote part of what Jesus read, only part of mm-hmm. Isaiah. <laughs> like, I, I just, right. and I, I don't waste time and energy with that for whatever reason that's the part luke wrote down this is what jesus read and then he put put the scroll down mm-hmm. sat down i'm i'm fascinated by that and i don't know the answer mm-hmm. i don't know the answer i do know that it's safe to say that the listeners in that moment knew the whole chapter like when he starts right. reading from it they're like they know the next words so it's not like he was teaching people who didn't know anything and 
wouldn't put it in context. And well, I, I even read it. I, I've read somebody else that talked about that, and and I'm not saying it's correct by any means because I don't know, and it doesn't seem to follow the timeline in Luke. But that that where he stops, like after that, is what they wanted to keep hearing because that's what they had uh, always known. And yeah. then and then he gets upset, and then they get upset because he stopped. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying that that's correct, but because it, it doesn't necessarily seem to follow the timeline. But uh, you know, I don't know. It, looking at the verse, I'm like. Why? Why did you stop right there at the comma? Like it's, yeah. That means that it keeps going. It wasn't yeah. a period right there at the end. Why did we stop here? Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious, but yeah. And I always, I always thought that. I guess the first handful of times I read that in my younger days, I always thought they got mad because he said the scriptures that you're hearing now, it's it's fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like that's me. You know, right? That's. Me. But, the blasphemy side of, but they did, of what they Because that have. happens in other parts right, of the Gospels. Right. He says, yeah, you want to know what God's like? Yeah, you're looking at him. And they freak out and they try to kill him. I always thought that's what happened here. But really, no, after he says the Scripture is fulfilled and you're hearing right now, they go, man, this guy's amazing. Who is this guy? This guy. I thought this was Joseph. That's right. amazing. They weren't upset. It's when he then told a couple stories, referred to a couple stories about the outsiders, the non-Jews, that they got super upset. That's from the different scholars that I read, the commentaries, et cetera, that's that's the pretty pretty shared consensus yeah. is that he just he just challenged their understanding of what the good news is. Well, imagine being told all your life you are God's chosen people. You are God's chosen people. This is you are the children of of the Israelites are the children of God, and then for him to come out and be like so. But then there was this other guy, and then there's this other person, and yeah. they're both not Israel Israelis and that's a big deal for you. I can imagine that could get you a little, I mean, it's back to, back to what Tanner said, you know, it's, it's if you, if you had believed something growing up all of your life, only for them to say, well, you're kind of looking at this wrong, which and you're like, Whoa, which I would still, you know, in defense of, of devout Jews say, okay, but, but we, we know this from the beginning. What were the words to Abraham? I'm going to bless you and you're going to bless the world. Hmm. It, it wasn't, I'm going to bless you, and, and then you're going to have this little tribe in the corner of the world, and it's all going to be good for you, but nobody else. Um, so, like so many things, we look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you just want to go, how did they miss it? You go back to Peter and go, how, how could you miss who he was? How, you go back to, to Judas, how could you miss who he was? Like, mm. we see everything so clearly now. Right. We look back at, at the, that, that group of Jewish men that day in the synagogue, how could you... Not think it's bigger than just y'all, but to your point, they grew up being told the whole time, "This is about you. It's about you. You're, you're the you're the tribe." Um, that's one of the questions that's sticking with me. Even that wasn't the main point of the message today, but it's more of a fun starter. Right. But man, I've just been thinking about how tribal we are. I am. Christians are. Americans are. Texans are. Um. <laughs> Baylor fans are like we're just mm-hmm. we're so bent to be tribal and at some small level that's really fun it's fun to be part of a group fun to be part of some kindred spirits but it doesn't take too long to step I think out of the fun healthy level of that into just sin just better than other groups different is bad um, misunderstanding differences we're so tribal. I just that weighs on me. I think that's part of part of us being faithful carriers of the gospel is to fight against tribalism. I love 
we, we interviewed a couple pastors two weeks ago. I, I love Lance Bourgeois over at Grace. He said, man, I just think a ton of us are going to wake up in heaven someday and go, wow, mm. there are a lot of people who don't look like me. Um, oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says. Every tribe, tongue, and nation will be represented. We just, we're so tribal, and yeah. we just forget that, you know? And I just took like our 18th bunny trail. Is it a bunny trail? Rabbit trail. I thought it was a good one, though. It was a good one. It's fine. It was enjoyable. Be better with some breadsticks, Tanner. Yeah, Sorry, we had man. some breadsticks. I have so. peach tea that's half gone. <laughs> Actually, I'm really glad you didn't bring breadsticks. I would not have liked to smell that. That would not have been cool. Well, uh, let's let's um, pause this conversation for a little bit. Uh, we can come back to it next week. Um, Tanner, anything anything you got left? Um, anything you or Siri, Siri. have left? <laughs> Siri wants to add in here. That's right. She couldn't find something. Mm. No, I, um, man, I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel like we're just in this season of um, renewal and and uh, death to life, so to speak. Mm. A lot of things of our old life died last year. Yeah. Um, and I think God's rewriting some things in a really healthy way. And it is in moments painful. <laughs> it's not always comfortable. It's not always the most exciting thing. But um, I I really love how what what I'm seeing anyway uh, people coming forward with just sharing stories and um, this uh, inner drive I think um, to be back to relational community that kind of thing uh, it gives me hope man that we're we're headed in a really really good direction. And that God has just taken what we in our Western culture have perceived to be the only way to do church and kind of flip that on its head. Um, I'm excited to see what that looks like moving forward um, and excited to take some people on the journey too, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's all I got. You know what I think on a Sunday afternoon recording this podcast? You sound tired. <laughs> I am really tired. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that most people think you work, how long is the worship set? About 18 minutes? Yeah, 18, Most people minutes. think you work 36, now. 36 minutes a week, and I really appreciate all the hard work you put in that nobody sees, man. Thanks, dude. Um, even those videos, the, the short stories we're doing, people don't even know, unless I'm saying it now, and you know the seven listeners are, are aware <laughs> of your work. <laughs> but yeah, we start early on a Sunday morning because it's such a big deal. It's such a it's a gathering point for all of us. So yeah. I'm tired too. I don't yeah. think recording our podcast on Sunday afternoons is probably a good idea. Maybe <laughs> not long term. <laughs> long term will will be the the pre nap podcast. We can change the name. <laughs> the pre pre nap concert. All right, so we'll pause the conversation so we can go take naps. Take now. a nap, Lauren. Um, what can we expect next week? Uh, death life. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to spoil it. I'm excited Ooh, about uh, some more stories. I'm okay. excited about the way that we are going to be encouraged. Uh, that God is still working. God is powerful. He's changing people. Um, and uh, so, whether you need to hear it or you've got people you care about that need to hear it, uh, let's get let's come together. 
Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, we'll stop there. Um, we'll be back next week. For those of you listening, thank you for being here. Thanks, guys, for, for being here and uh, on a Sunday afternoon when we're ready to uh, to slow down our day and, <laughs> and move on. Um, if you have questions, you guys want, have something you guys want to talk about or hear us talk about, podcast at colonialchurch.com. You can send us an email right there. Uh, you can leave us a review anywhere. That's always wonderful because that, uh, that helps everybody be able to find us really well. And we just want to make this more community conversation rather than just, here's my opinion and you should listen to it because that's not what we're all about. So, um, so yeah, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. Sick of bears. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week. Thank you.